The surprise of the starting lineup in the LA Galaxy's 2-0 season opener was probably the inclusion of Jose Villarreal. Villarreal has been battling for a left-mid starting role with Bradford Jamison the fourth all preseason, and for at least the first round, Jose came out the victor and even scored a goal. On today's show, we're going to be joined once again by LA Times' soccer reporter Kevin Baxter to take a deeper look at Jose Villarreal and what he's had to endure over the last year and, of course, where he still needs to prove himself. So don't go anywhere. Corner of the Galaxy from the box starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Gessman. We have an exciting show for you today. Uh, LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano was uh, was busy with some stuff, and I couldn't reschedule, so we're going to do it without him. But not to worry, we have a great guy who's coming on to talk Jose Villarreal with us. Want to welcome back to the show once again, LA Times soccer reporter, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, thanks for stopping by. Certainly appreciate it. Hey, thanks for the call. Hey, okay, so we want to talk about Jose Villarreal. Obviously, um, maybe not so much a surprise, but maybe a little unexpected as the preseason has played out that Jose Villarreal got the start against the Chicago Fire in the LA Galaxy's 2-0 victory. Not only got the start, Kevin, but also got the game-winning goal there. But this, there's, there was a lot of momentum built up for Jose Villarreal whenever he first signed as a homegrown player in 2012. Um, why do you think he was so highly spoken of in that 2012 time frame, right before the season whenever he signed? I mean, there was, there was a lot of talk about him. Well, I think there's a lot of different factors. One, the fact that he was local. Um, you know, his brother also is in the Galaxy youth system and was at that time. Um, the fact that he's really good, uh, you know, had a lot to do with it. That and always he, helps. <laughs> he got off to a great start, you know, scored a goal in his first game, came in for Robbie Keane. Right. I mean, can you imagine making your first, profe- uh, you know, appearance as a professional and you're replacing Robbie Keane, and then you go on to score a goal. So it was kind of a of a storybook start, but um, I think there was a lot of talk about him because he showed an awful lot of promise. Yeah, he, he certainly did. And like you said, the, the homegrown aspect of that can't be overlooked. The L.A. Galaxy have been trying to get that, that local guy, that guy who sort of drives the ticket sales, gets people involved locally as far as you knew this kid growing up and now here he is playing on the field for the L.A. Galaxy. That's a very important aspect of this. And they have it now with, with uh, Jesse Sardis. So maybe, you know, and they had Jack McBean. And they do have a lot of local guys. But, but Villarreal at the time looked like he might be the best of the bunch and, and just appeared to have such a great high side. The problem with the Galaxy, I think, unlike some other MLS clubs, and, and I think the problem's a little lessened now with, with uh, the USL Pro Club, LA Galaxy 2, but 
the Galaxy was such a veteran-laden club, especially mm-hmm. up front, the place where the Allen's artists play. Um, it was just tough to break in. I mean, you can be a great young player, but at 18, you're not going to replace Landon Donovan or David Beckham or Robbie Keane. Right. Uh, and so now some of these guys are getting a chance to break through and, and get a chance to show what they have. Um, you know, certainly it's not too late, but um, in the case of Jose Villarreal, he just totally lost that whole year at, at Cruz Azul. Right. Um, Bruce Arena even called that a little bit of a wasted year. Uh, I think it did stun his development a little bit. Um, he has a little catching up to do. Um, it was unfortunate that, that all that happened, but um, the Galaxy now need some of these young players uh, to step up. Villarreal, Zardes, of course, Bradford Jamison, the fourth. Um, Robbie Keane told me that uh, when we talked just before the season started, you know, he said you can't replace Landon Donovan or Marcelo Sarvis for that matter. Um, but there's been guys, you know, his words were there's been young guys hanging around this team for a couple of years now, and they've watched and they've learned, and it's time for them to step up. Kenny Walker being another one. It's time for them to step up and you know, show us what uh, we believed all along, that they're really good soccer players. Well, well 2013 was sort of a, a, a almost a breakout year for Jose Villarreal. He had 22 appearances. He scored two goals. Um, I mean, you, you, ha- you talk about his growth being stunted, you know, with Cruz Azul, and I want to talk about that a little more in, in a bit. But, I mean, he was on this upward momentum, this upward trend before he got loaned out. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he had that... Uh, uh, the 2013 season, you know, he started 12 games. He played 22, started 12, had a couple of goals. Um, and, I, you know, I think the idea of sending him, loaning them to the Mexican League was get him more regular playing time, see right. if he could continue to develop. Uh, it didn't really work out. He never did make the first team down there. And, um, you know, the stories I've heard suggest that maybe part of it was his fault, part of it was their fault. Maybe a lot of it was their fault. They never really gave him a chance. Right. But in any case, the the reason he went down there was to play, and he didn't play. So, in a sense, he came back, uh, you know, pretty unpolished, and he almost had to go back to square one in some ways. Yeah. Do you, Do you feel that if the uh, if USL Pro had been uh, implemented before they had loaned Jose Villarreal out to Cruz Azul, do you think that his development at LA Galaxy two would have would have heightened that? Do you think it was sort of this in between stopgap measure that uh, that the Galaxy loaned him out to Cruz Azul right before LA Galaxy two came about? Yeah, and, and I, I think that's the selling point. I think when anyone's going to talk about uh, LA Galaxy 2 and the whole USL Pro and, you know, in the in the minds of a lot of American fans, it reminds them of minor league baseball. You have a guy who you think is really good and there's just not a spot for him in the in the lineup and you, you send him down and get him some at-bats and have him throw some innings and it's the same. And, and he's within arm's reach. You can call him up whenever you need him. Right. I definitely think that would have helped Jose. In fact, I think it might have even been better. I know... Uh, obviously, Cruz Azul is a good team with a lot of tradition, but um, USL Pro, it seems to me, is just such a physical um, style of play. A lot yes. of older players, Jose, I think, in some ways would have been playing up, and he would have been toughened a little bit uh, if he had stayed there. And, and we certainly know he would have played because the Galaxy would have assured, uh, uh, would have been a, you know certain of that that he got to play. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that Jose just kind of got stuck in that in that little, like you said, the gap in between. Um, I think it would have been a, a great thing for him to go and play there. And that USL Pro, I mean, we, we, we can't overlook the the way the Galaxy has, has used that. You know, they sent Robbie Rogers down and see if he could play 
on the back line. And, and when he did come up and started on the Galaxy back line at left back, really turned their season around. That doesn't happen without USL Pro. They're not right. going to send Robbie Rogers out to some foreign league to try him on the back line for a game or right. two. USL Pro allowed him to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, it certainly has been a, a big deal. And even Jose Villarreal getting to play at USL, uh, at the LA Galaxy 2 in the USL League, uh, you know, prior to the start of this 2015 season, certainly seems to have uh, have benefited him. What are, what are, whenever you watch Jose Villarreal, what are some of his biggest attributes? What do you like about him? Well, I, I thought in this game, the one against Chicago Fire, his work rate was, was uh, pretty intense. Um, I, I d- it did look like he had might have had a little bit of trouble with that uh, attacking midfielder role. I right. think he wanted to keep pushing forward, and sometimes maybe he got himself a little bit too forward. Um, you know, even Bruce Arena has said his his best position is as, as a second forward, and uh, so that could be something to watch as the season goes forward. Zardes played really well uh, back at midfield uh, for the U.S. national team, and they went over Panama. Right. Uh, he really seemed to, to take to that position. That may be, uh, you know, and he likes that second forward position too, but that might be a more comfortable position for him and then and Villarreal than, than can be that second forward and push uh, forward. But just his work rate, I mean, he was involved in just about every rush up the field. Uh, he made himself available. Uh, I thought he had some good passes. And then, you know, the the goal you mentioned, the game-winning right. goal, the first goal of the season, found himself in the right place at the right time, and that is so important because – as a forward or an attacking midfielder, you're not going to get countless opportunities. You get one, maybe two a game if you're lucky, and you really have to take advantage of those, and he did. And, uh, you know, that's something in a sense that you can't teach. It's sort of soccer IQ. And so I thought Jose passed a lot of tests. But, you know, it's a long season. With 33 games to go, and there's a lot of guys knocking on the door that want to play that position. The one thing I will say, though, and sort of a, um, you know, a working forward uh, right. theme, I guess, is that there's a lot of chemistry that needs to be built with these guys. Um, when you watch Robbie Keane play with Landon Donovan or even Mike McGee, it was almost like these guys had been playing forever. They knew where each other was, where other was going to be. Uh, Landon and Robbie had that great uh, chemistry where if a pass came across, one or the other one would, would deke like they were going to get it and then back out, and the other right. player knew exactly what was going on. That chemistry is just not there, and you could see uh, Robbie Keane was extremely frustrated with some of the passing, how it would be there in front of a player or behind a player, right. and no one could judge each other's speed, and some of the uh, passes just had too much pace. That stuff's got to get ironed out. And unfortunately, that's going to happen only when the same combination of players play in the same position. And the Galaxy, I don't think, are at that position at that point yet. I think they have a lot of guys they want to try. Yeah, yeah, it's still sort of a toss-up of whether or not you know Jose Villarreal even gets another start. Certainly had a, a good showing against Chicago. Um, you know, with Bruce Arena, it matters what you do in games. It also matters what you do in training. So we'll see what happens as the LA Galaxy shift their focus to uh, to Portland. But is it defense that you're worried about the most there, Kevin? Is it is it Jose Villarreal understanding that he has to play both sides of the ball at that left mid position? You know, it, the Galaxy are in a very fortunate position in that their guys can move forward. They, I, in, in my opinion, I don't think they need to worry about defense at all. I mean, the, the, the guys they have back there, they're really six or seven deep when you think about it. Uh, I know you can only play four defenders at a time. In, in a sense, I wish that uh, Bruce Arena might think about something like a 5-3-2 because they are a little uh, slack in midfield and they have, you know, six or seven, as I said, great defenders. Right. I don't think defense is the problem, and I think once Pinedo gets back in, in goal, I, I think they're pretty stout back there. You know, they, they only gave up 37 goals lowest in the league last year, and, right. and they're strengthened because Todd Donovan's back, and they got Gargan for a whole season, and Tommy Myers another year under him. Leonardo's played really well. So 
I don't think that's the, the problem. But when you talk about the possibility that Jose Villarreal might not be in the lineup against Portland, um, yeah, I understand the need to, to, to get Kenny Walker out there and Bradford Jamison and some of these other players. But, right. um, again, chemistry to me seems to be the talent is there, clearly. Um, I think chemistry is what really needs to be built, and you're not going to build chemistry between players if you change the lineup every week. Um, Bruce Arena talked about it, how, look, we had a very short off season, much shorter than a lot of other teams like Chicago, who were off in October and the Galaxy played through the middle of December. Um, so Bruce took it easy on the guys in training camp, didn't work them as nearly as hard as some of the other teams right. worked. And so he said, expect a little bit of a slow start. Well, one way to sort of work against that is to keep the same guys in there so they can get a little bit of rapport. Uh, you know, changing the starting lineup, maybe that'll work in a month or two. But I, I really think the same guys should be out there, especially on the front end. Uh, I, I think they need to be out there every week and, and, and get some familiarity with each other. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the familiarity, but, you know, we've both, I think, covered Bruce Arena long enough to understand that he loves to mix and match and see what works best. And he, and he really, you know, looks at training as, as sort of that testing ground to see who he wants to start. So, I mean, it wouldn't be completely out of the realm that, that he starts shuffling the deck and finding what pieces fit. But you're right, the chemistry there is super important. Is it? Is it promising for Jose Villarreal that he was able to get that started at left mid? I mean, it's sort of an obvious question and probably an obvious answer, but I think it, it means a lot both mentally and physically for the kid. Right, and the fact that he took advantage of it. I mean, if he had played the game and hadn't scored a goal and uh, you know had a game of frustration, like, like some other guys did, I think, right. had a game of near misses, you know, if he had come off the field... Uh, maybe a little bit frustrated or thinking about what might have been, it would have been different. But, uh, you know, I, I do think he took advantage of the opportunity. And, and when you talk about Bruce's personality and the, and the way he likes to use his roster, I think there's a couple of things going on. I think one is letting players know that, look, you are going to get a chance. You're going to get to play. Um, so don't get down, especially early in the season for mm-hmm. some of the younger guys. Um, and, and then the other thing is the competition. And this is something that uh, a lot of great coaches, Pete Carroll, um, was really big at this at USC and now at the Seahawks. The competition, the idea that no one is safe. I mean, clearly Robbie Keane is not going to be benched, but for the most part, nobody is safe. And uh, you can have a great game, and then if you uh, come out and don't prove yourself that you're fit in practice, uh, you're not going to play. Jurgen Klinsmann, very much the same way, too. They like to push that competition because it doesn't allow anyone to relax. Some guys wither in an environment like that. Other guys step up and... and uh, you know, I think Jose certainly, with what he's been through in the last couple of seasons, it's not going to get too far down. But, um, you you know, again, I'm just going to sort of belabor the same point. Right. After you have a game like he did with the work rate that he displayed and the goal to all of a sudden wind up on the bench, um, Bruce can talk to him all all he wants, but I think Jose is going to take, the, uh, you know, a bad feeling out of that. And I really, this is the week I think Jose needs to start again. Yeah, hey, you know, I certainly think with his performance and what he did, obviously he had a, a, a missed chance in the uh, first half that I think he was uh, a little upset that he didn't make. And he sees himself as having to definitely get better. And, you know, he's still learning that left mid role. But what's the number one thing he has to get better at? Is it making sure he maintains his width if he's going to play this left mid role, Kevin? Does he have to maintain his width, or is he good tucking in? Do you see him more like a Landon Donovan? Donovan liked to tuck in from the left side, too. 
No, very much more of a Landon Donovan type guy, a guy that's going to, you know, uh, position himself in the attack and not so much worry about the formation. I know that Bruce likes to play wide. He likes to have wide midfielders. Um, and, but but that worked a little bit better when Marcelo Sarvis was there to be that sort of midfield enforcer, and you don't have that now. And so I think uh, maybe the way to make up for that is to have bodies in there. And so you know if Jose comes in from the left and and is sort of in the middle and tucked in behind, I think that's a good thing. Um, I really do think that Bruce has tremendous amount of confidence in his uh, back line, especially the guys on the wings to sort of hem in any attack, and that allows guys like Jose to push forward a little bit. And, and you know, Janino's going to be playing back there, too. I think right. he's going to have much more of a defensive role. That You know, he had it for the last couple of years, but the absence of Sarvis is going to make that even more important for him to almost be a fifth defender in some cases. Yeah, no, it certainly is up to. I think you saw that in the Chicago game that that Juninho. I also see. I, I see. I see Juninho. If we're going to slide off topic just for a second, but if if we see Juninho and the way that he moves, I mean, you also have to see Juninho as more of an offensive threat as well. Now that Marcelo Sarvas is gone, because that was really Marcelo Sarvas was sort of that playmaker that got the offense going. Juninho is going to have to slot into that role. Well, you know, I yeah, you know, Juninho had one goal last year with the goal against Seattle in the last game that actually kind of set the, the Galaxy into the playoffs. Right. But remember, Robbie Rogers, is, uh, is, for want of a better term, is now an attacking uh, defender. Right. Um, you know, and, and he can help fill some of that role as well. Yeah, it's, Maybe it's, not a lot of goals from Robbie Rogers. But, uh, and, and then, you know, Stefan was, you know, his crosses, uh, they, were, they were good. They were plentiful. There were many of them a little bit off target. He's going to find the range, and that's going to help a lot too. He, he may wind up being... Uh, sort of the preeminent playmaker in a sense of the guy that delivers the balls and that turn into goals. And Robbie Rogers, I, I think, can do that too. I don't think Robert, Roger, jeez, oh, <laughs> I don't think Robbie Rogers, right. excuse me, uh, is going to score a ton of goals, but I think he's going to set up a whole bunch. Yeah, no, he's certainly involved. And it's that left-hand side, and it's Rogers' ability to stretch that left-hand side. And then if you have Jose Villarreal or even a Bradford Jameson or you know whoever they put over there, it's their ability to tuck in and let Rogers run that overlap that really provides the width. On the left side, and the fact that Landon Donovan did that, now Jose Villarreal sort of is that same type of player, Kevin. I feel like there's there's a lot more of the 2014 LA Galaxy on the field than people really realize. I know you lost Marcelo Sarvas, you lost Landon Donovan, but just the style of play seems to be staying consistent, and with that, you hope that consistency is bred going forward as the LA Galaxy uh, continue on this 2015 season. Well, that's very true, because you know, one thing in talking with Bruce before the season, you know, it's like, again, wow, you have such a great, you know, depth on the back line. Why not go with a, a 5-3-2 that takes advantage of the place where you're strongest, the back line, um, the place where you might be right now the weakest mm-hmm. uh, in the midfield, and it keeps your two strikers in the same position. And, and you know, the response was, look, uh, Bruce Arena's teams always play 4-4-2. So to me, that that sort of suggests that Bruce is locked into an attack and a formation of philosophy as much as he is uh, a roster. He, in other right. words, he doesn't let the talent necessarily dictate the way he's going to play. And so being able to have guys who, as you, you keep saying, he's like a Donovan. Well, you right. haven't really had to change the formation. You just have a guy trying to be a Landon Donovan. Right. Um, and you have a Robbie Rogers maybe trying to be a Sean Franklin. And so that, that really works when you have guys that can play. They're playing the position as opposed to the position uh, being tailored for them. And that's a very important thing on a Bruce 
arena team because, again, he's all about the formations and, and the philosophy and not so much about how each individual player may or may not fit into that. It's 11 players versus 11 players, Kevin. Don't you know? Bruce Arena's told you that how many times? So Yeah, yeah well, I hope one of the 11 is Jaime Pinedo this week. Yeah. I, n- nothing against Brian, but I just, I, I, I'm a big Jaime Pinedo fan. I, going back to before the Galaxy signed him, I remember right. covering him in that Gold Cup uh, semifinal against Mexico, and I just thought he was sensational. And then a week later, to hear that the Galaxy signed him, I thought, well, obviously they were at the same game. Um, he was just incredible. And, uh, you know, I thought he had a good season last year, and, and hopefully whatever kept him out of this first week, uh, he'll be back out there um, yeah. this weekend. Yeah, contract issues or perhaps, uh, or perhaps again, coming back from an injury. It's one of those two things, uh, whether you listen to Jaime Pinedo or Bruce Arena. So uh, that, that's an interesting little turn of events. I'm sure we'll hear more about that as, the, uh, as it comes closer to this Portland game. Well, Kevin, I certainly want to thank you for stopping by. If you're looking for Kevin, it's at KBaxter on Twitter, excuse me, at KBaxter11 on Twitter and LATimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful writing. Please follow him, talk to him. He's a great guy kevin thanks for stopping by thanks for having me in the galaxy yeah no problems (laughs) thank you all right so what we have here is uh is the la galaxy going to be playing against the portland timbers that's right la galaxy traveling up to the portland timbers this is on sunday march 15th at 4 p.m pacific time you don't want to miss that Obviously, it's on Fox Sports 1. Fox Deportes is your television coverage there. And, of course, uh, you can follow all the stuff on Twitter at LA Galaxy and LA Galaxy Insider. will both have those covered. Like I said, LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano will, of course, be back next time if we can uh, work out a schedule for him. So I apologize for, apologize for him not being here, but uh, always good. If you're looking for LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano on Twitter, it's at LA Galaxy Insider. And, of course, all of his blog information is LA Galaxy com forward slash blog. You're listening to Back Pocket Memory right here. They're providing the music for Corner of the Galaxy from the Box and all of our Corner of the Galaxy shows. You can follow them on Twitter at Back Pocket Memory or Instagram at Back Pocket Memory. That's Back Pocket Memory without the vowels for both of them, okay? Back Pocket Memory without the vowels. Head to iTunes. Head to iTunes and download their music. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter. From the LA Times, we certainly appreciate him stopping by. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.